Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your day. And for Grizzlies fans, it is an exciting day. This is one that will be one of two podcasts that we will have out today, obviously covering all the news. But this specific podcast is here to talk about some of the potential prospects that are going to be there for the Memphis Grizzlies, and I am very happy to have with me on the show Mr. Alan Rimich. He co he hosts the Lakerside Chats uh, via the uh, 19 Media Group. It's a group that he and several others have started up, but a very knowledgeable basketball mind, it's, especially when it comes to international players. He has talked with Jake Fisher, among others, several folks who have broke some of the news that has come out that obviously came to fruition, but a very, very intelligent basketball mind. Alan, thank you for joining us, sir. Anytime, anytime. Uh, uh, any excuse to talk basketball. I, I love it. And we, I want to make sure where, of course, you can find our show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. Alan, just to make sure that we've got it all right, because I'm horrible when it comes to remembering things. Where can folks find your work? Obviously, the Lakerside Chats, I believe that's the correct name of it. Yes. But Blipped, a big Marvel fan. We could sit here and talk Marvel all day long as well. He Who Remains, hopefully that'll be the Grizzlies as champions one year. <laughs> but then also 19 Media Group. Where else can folks find your work? Well, if you guys are He Who Remains, we're Kang the Conqueror, the Lakers, right? That's oh, how everyone views us. Oh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> So, yeah, like you said, the Lakerside chats blipped in. Um, we also have uh, some part of a NFL podcast called Direct Snap, which we haven't started pushing yet because we're still waiting for Apple verification. Thanks, Apple. We've got like six po- episodes ready and locked and loaded right there. But there's no point pushing it if you're alienating 70% of your fan base, right? Like, <laughs> so, but yeah. That, that, those are majority places and on Twitter at Alan Ramich, A-L-E-N-R-A-M-I-C-0-3. Like you said, I've had Jake Fisher on, Eric Pinkers, who is, in my opinion, the best cap yes. guy on Twitter, yes. bar none. Um, previously, guys like Lee Ellis from No Dunks, previously the starters, Howard Beck. That, and then I'm very excited that George Sedano is coming on next week, so... It's going to be a great lineup of people in the next few weeks or so. I'm really excited. And the reason why Alan and the group that he's a part of is able to have these great folks to talk with is because they're great folks themselves. And of course, when it comes to basketball, it's becoming such an international sport. And we want to talk the draft, but we would specifically want to talk with Alan about these international prospects. And now, Alan, of course, obviously, we'll get in a bit to it. The Grizzlies haven't made the trade with the Pelicans to move up to number 10 in this draft. Some interesting names out there. Alperin Shingen, and please correct me if I say it wrong, but Alperin Shingen, Usman Garuba, Josh Giddy. we'll get into each of those but when you look at what the Grizzlies did with this trade, what excites you about them moving up in this draft? Is there a name or two in terms of the Grizzlies that immediately come to mind that you're like, they're making this move to target this player and it's a great fit for them? So I wouldn't say at 10, that'd be like an obvious name because I think at 10, there's like six options that you can go for. Like serious. I think this draft's ridiculous, the depth of it. Um, 
if they move up to six or seven, though, that's where I'm like, okay, they're going after Kaminga or Bonai or one of those names where, you know, it's an obvious need for the Grizzlies, especially as far as I'm concerned, you guys are declining Justice Winslow's team option or that's the buzz so far. Um, so there's a, definite, there's a definite wing need on the Pelicans, uh, on the Grizzlies. Now, this trade we can talk about. Um, I'm not the greatest fan of it from the Grizzlies' point of view, apart from, you know, you get to move up 11 places in the second round, seven places in the first round. Um, you know, Bledsoe's obviously getting moved, apparently, from everything we've heard. Um, so, and Steve, I like Stephen Adams, by the way. I'm not like a Stephen Adams hater like a lot of people are on Twitter. I just like Valentunas a lot. But Stephen Adams is a great human being, so it's not the worst move in the world. I just personally wouldn't have made it, but, you know. No, it's a great point, right? And if you look at it from the perspective of the players, it's kind of like why it's why the Grizzlies were able to make to make this move. They made they took the decline in the present value, and the Pelicans needed to do it to be able to win. You know, now the Grizzlies take on the salary cap, but the focus is on the future. So I get it. It's not just a landslide fleecing in either way, but for a team that's focused on the future and a team that has shown you can trust it to make the most of its picks, I'm really excited. But obviously, one of the things that stands out, Alan, is that Jonas Valanciunas is now obviously not a Grizzlies player anymore. There's that need, even though Steven Adams is the center of focus right now, there's now that need long-term for a post player to go with Jaron Jackson Jr., who we're likely to extend. And that focuses on Alperin Shingren, Shingen, one of the more exciting offensive players, probably the most exciting offensive post player in this draft. What stands out about him that makes him so intriguing as a talent? So I've heard a lot of Jokic comparisons, and I personally don't see it. Um, If I'm completely wrong, I apologize. But I... So the way I view Schengen is that I think he's a more refined Cantor than what Cantor was at his age. And as an offensive player, Cantor's phenomenal. Like, we can debate all we want about his defense, and we, it's not a debate, it's just atrocious, right? Uh, he's just really bad defensively. But I think Schengen is very, very refined, very polished. His playmaking's really good, as is Cantor's. I think that gets lost. Um, I think he'll be able to def- develop more of a jump shot outside than Cantor will be. And I also think he'll be better on the defensive side of the ball as well. But I just wouldn't draft him at number 10, is just my opinion. Um, For me to draft a big in the top 10, they have to be generational or close to it. For me, anyway. That like... I think you can find such value nowadays. Like you look at the likes of Mitch Robinson, if it's a Zubat, uh, you just keep on going down the list. There's guys there that are starting centers, Jarrett Allen in Cleveland now. There's guys that you can find who are really good starting centers that you draft like either late first round, early second round, right? So unless they're like Jokic, Embiid, AD, um, I'm sure I'm missing a few names. It doesn't really matter. Unless they're like that caliber of player, I wouldn't use a top 10 pick on one of those guys. doesn't mean to say that they'll be a bad player. It's just, it's not my preference. And I think I'm very clear as to who my favorite international player in this draft is. Yeah, and that's which, who we're going to talk about. Go ahead, sorry. Which is Usman Garuba. He is my darling. He is going to be so good and I can't wait. And that's a name we're going to get to in just a second. But I think the thing is, you know, you've seen, and it's probably because 
there may just not be that much known about Schengen as much as there is others because, you know, he doesn't play in the U.S., all that different stuff. But you've seen comparisons to a, a Vucevic, even a Mark Gasol. Those type of primes, getting it from, from Schengen, that may make him a top 10 pick. But as you mentioned, that may not be that, that, that certain. There's a wide range of possibilities for him when it comes to his offensive output and also some serious doubts about his defense which puts you right back in the position of gaining a player that you may not be able to play that much in high leverage or playoff situations. Like you see it in the West, right? Like I joke about the Lakers being Kang and, you know, being this big bad, but realistically, if the Lakers are healthy, you have to go through the Lakers in the West. And I'm not saying that as a biased Lakers fan, I'm just saying it from the standpoint of regardless of what ESPN now says, LeBron and AD are not no longer top 10 players in this league. They're still, phenomenal players and ad is still the biggest threat that every western conference team has on how to defend especially in the playoff situations right and if you have a liability on the defensive end which is why i think jaron jackson is so huge for you guys because you slide him down to the five and at least against most teams if they try to go small against you athletically you match up and you don't lose any height so schengen i like i i think he's i don't think he's a great defender. I don't think he's a super terrible defender. I think he's slightly below average, but like you said, slightly below average in today's NBA, especially at the center spot, is where you see that guys can't play in the in the fourth quarter of important games. So it's, a, it's an interesting debate. I like Schengen. I think he's going to be a very good NBA player, but I just don't see this like 10-time all-star that some people are trying to make out he, he'll be. I don't think he'll get there. And so what does it mean if Schengen may not be the highest, he may not be the most valuable international player in Allen's mind? Who exactly is? And in a draft philosophy nowadays where offense probably trumps defense a lot of times, what about if we're talking about a player who may be one of the best defensive prospects we've seen, especially in the front court. Coming up, I'm going to talk with Alan about Usman Gruba. So obviously things just got a bit more fun when it came to the Grizzlies and Thursday night. But of course, there's going to be many places that have you covered, but not many places, if any, are going to have you covered like the Locked On Podcast Network with its live NBA draft show. NBA Draft Coach Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. The thing that stands out is you'll get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on June 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern on Draft Night. Listen, the Grizzlies are trying their best to come up with as many ways as possible to find upgrades for their roster to perform better. And when it comes to your car, you may need to upgrade parts to do the same thing to make your car run better in time. If that's the case, the place for you to visit is rockauto.com. For one thing, it's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll likely find what you need. And once you find what you need, you're going to be able to likely afford it. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know car parts typically fall outside 
side of people's budgets, so they try to make things as cost-effective as possible. And no matter your experience doing car repairs, it's a great source for you to consistently use. If you visit rockauto.com, let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast here with Alan Rimmich, who has been kind enough to join us, a very, very talented podcaster and basketball mind, but also very intelligent when it comes to the international prospects in this draft. We talked about the idea of Alperin Schengen and his massive offensive upside potentially, but what about Usman Garuba, one of the players that is so highly touted for his defense and his experience at a young age? The defense stands out, Alan. What about it is so special? It's the versatility, right? Like we were just talking about Schengen and if his defense doesn't match up in the NBA, how he can't play in high leverage situations. I think Garuba is the best defensive prospect in this draft. And I think he can automatically slide into any team and be one of its better defenders, like at 18, 19 years old, which is insane, right? Like we should, you shouldn't be that good defensively. The versatility he, he brings, he can be a small five, even though I wouldn't play him as a five in the NBA. Um, I, I see him more as a big wing, so either a three or a four. Um, I'm so high on Garuba. He's so athletic. He's really smart as well, watching him. He knows where to be on the court. I, I'm And offensively, it's one of those things where when you watch kids, and I say kids as a 23-year-old, like, they're like five years younger than me. It's it's not kids. Um, but you see these players, these young guys, and when you see marked improvement on one side of the court, like exponential marked improvement whenever they play, I get really intrigued by that. And whenever I watch Garuba play, he, he looks better offensively, which makes me believe that while he might not be super ready to be like a high contributor offensively immediately, Within two years, I think he'll explode. I really, really, I I love Osman Garuba to the point where I draft him at ninth or tenth in this draft. And that certainly, I, I when you talk to different minds about where you potentially would take Usman Garuba, it's really intriguing because some of the minds that you really know deep, dive deep and, and have international experience, they're going to put him higher. He's been mocked to the Grizzlies quite a bit. But obviously, he's gotten comparisons to Draymond Green and other defensive stalwarts. But for those of us who have seen a little bit of international play, a couple things stand out. I think there is some upside as a catch-and-shoot option at three. But there's also a really, really good, instinctful-type player that can read and react to the defense and be able to create his own offense getting open for a pass, offensive rebounds. It looks like the natural instincts of Garuba – can help him out on an immediate basis, even if the offense needs significant refining. I I agree with all of that. And I think what helps Garuba is his motor's high, right? He's a naturally high motor player. He's very explosive, very quick. And he has a knack for finding the ball. And one thing I love with Garuba is his high post playmaking. Um, As a coach, I'm a sucker for high post playmaking. I think it's so rare to find a good high post playmaker. You guys had it for basically a decade with Marc Gasol. So you guys appreciate it probably as much as I do. Um, Garuba's fantastic at that. He really, really is. His three-point shot has improved game on game in Spain um, to the point where I think he'll be 
when we're talking when he hits 23, 24, 25, I think he'll be in the 37 to 40% range as a three-point shooter, which I think he could reach get there even earlier, but I always try and project a bit, little bit longer with these guys because I like giving young guys time because I, I don't know. I hate when people give up on young players after a year. It makes no sense to me, especially when we're talking like about 18, 19-year-olds. So Garuba, I'm so high on. I think... I, I honestly believe he's a top 10 prospect and a guy who I after. So I think there's a consensus for, right. It's, you know, it's Cade. I have Mobley too. I know a lot of people have Jalen green free uh, two. I, I have him number three, but I think, and then you have Jalen Suggs. And then I know Scotty Barnes is high on people's boards. I'm not really a fan of Scotty Barnes. Um, I like his, you know, tools, but I don't know whether he'll be able to put it all together. I like Kaminga, but again, very raw, needs time. After those six, seven guys at the top, I don't really see anyone who I'd say is better definitively than Usman Gruber at this point, especially because, like you said, Sean, we we, we put such an um, emphasis on offensive production that we don't realize just how important that defensive side of the ball is. Right, and when you have versatility on the defensive side of things, it opens up the whole game for you, especially offensively, because then that creates transition opportunities. And I think that that's what stands out about Lucas so much is that people talk about how this guy isn't an athletic marvel; he doesn't move at a fast pace. But one of the things that does stand out is his ability to break down the game at lightning speed in his head yes. from that international experience, and you've got that with Shingun, as well as Garuba, whatever you want to think about the leagues that they played in, the way what they've seen, the experience they played against, the mental impact that that has of improving the IQ that stands out. And that's a quality teams should definitely invest in if they're looking at either one of those two. So you make a good point, the quality of the leagues. So the Euro League is the second best league in the world after the NBA. Garuba learns so much more playing against, well, like look at Miritic. Miritic would still be a starter in the NBA if he chose to be a starter in the NBA, right? And he's playing against that caliber quality of players week in, week out, game in, game out, right? So it's way more beneficial for him to play in Europe than it is to play NCAA. No disrespect to NCAA fans, but it, it's just the truth. And it's same for the same for Alper and Schengen, who plays for Besiktas. A uh, very high level of competition in Turkey. Um, you know, playing against teams like Fenerbahce, uh, Galatasaray, Anadolu Efes, who are the Euroleague champions. You know, so when you actually look at the level of competition these kids have been playing against, because that's what they are, they're kids. Um, and the fact that they've impressed at 18 years old, it's really mind-boggling to me how people don't extrapolate that and be like, this is how good they could be. And, you know, we have certain people on Twitter to thank for, you know, Luka Doncic, second round, all that stupidity that went around in 2018. Um, But yeah, like these European players, the thing that people aren't realizing is technically they're probably better than the American kids. And now the athleticism side's catching on with some of them. And when you have that blend of coaching, and athleticism that's where you're starting to see these kids explode and be really 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 good nba players 
of course, it's not just about the guys when it comes to the international players who were picked in the first round. As Nikola Jokic and others have shown, if you hit on the right guy anywhere in the draft, you're good. Coming up, I'm going to talk with Alan a bit more, see what he knows about a guy who's already been linked to Memphis at this number 10 pick, Josh Giddy, and a few other names that really could be valuable gets in the second round of this draft. The month of July has certainly been action-packed when it comes to the sports world, and a part of what makes you have fun as a fan is wagering and betting on sports. You've had plenty of things to enjoy. Well, though the month is coming to a close, there's still many things to enjoy. The MLB, the MLB trade deadline, the Olympics, the NBA draft, all these things make so much fun, and there's so many things to enjoy betting and wagering on when it comes to being a fan. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC action, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports Books experts visit betonline.ag today. So, Alan, um, and, and, and forgive me for not knowing up front. I obviously knew you had knowledge on Garuba and Schengen, but obviously Josh Giddy is another player. What you know about him speaks to why he's so attractive to teams in the lottery, but also the challenges that come with a player like him who's openly admitted he's not had that much interaction with teams due to COVID and things like that. What are you getting with Josh Giddy, both from the good side of his game, but also the challenges and that you may not have been able to look into him as much as you could other prospects? So I've not watched a ton of Giddy, like compared to Garuba and Schengen comparatively, right? But anytime you can get a point guard who's six eight six nine, like that's super intriguing for me. Like that size, and then with the brain to be able to process things like a point guard, and then having the skill to process things like a point guard, I find really fascinating. And I was we've seen a lot of Lamelo comps because you know Lamelo was in Australia last year, six eight six nine point guard, um, you know highly touted out of Australia as well. I don't have Giddy quite on that level, to be honest with you, because I think Lamella would be a top three pick in this year's draft as well. That's just, I've always been super, I, I find it astounding that Golden State just passed on this dude. But anyway, that's a different topic for a different podcast. Great job, Golden State. Um, but I, I like Giddy. I think he's a really interesting prospect but i think it's a prospect that could go either way like that that's my belief i think he's he could be really really good or he could be back in the nbl in three years um and i know that's not much to say and i'm not saying anything like super controversial there but i just to be honest with you, i just need to dive into the tape a little bit more um i've been focusing a lot on the american guys because i think that's the way the lakers would go if they pick if they even like keep their pick at 22 and um, which isn't a foregone conclusion at this point but josh giddy i can see why people like him and by all accounts he's a good kid as well and um, he's got a good um set of shoulder good good head on that you know so I, i'm i'm intrigued by him but i'm not of that level where i'm like oh he's like lamello level which i just don't believe yeah and and i think that that's what you're running into is that you you you're with a 
person that you don't know much of. You just had LaMelo over there. You're seeing that natural comparison of a tall point guard. It's it's kind of boober bust when it comes to that. But but let's get into it. Another intriguing aspect of this draft, Alan, is that you saw several different international talents step out of this draft when they realized just how deep it was. One player that I mean, I'm going to butcher his name again because I'm horrible, is Rocco Proction. Um, and if I got the name wrong, please forgive me. But he is a player who seemed to fit a lot of what the Grizzlies were looking at when it came to a big three or four who could create, shoot, defend well. Why was he someone that a lot of people were high on, even to the point of him being a potential lottery talent if he stayed in this draft? It's the skill. It's the skill level. Like, he's fantastically skilled and for what it's worth i've heard he didn't get a promise in the first round which is why he backed out he believed that another year of playing against men in europe uh, will help bolster his opportunity of being a lottery pick next year um, which makes a lot of sense right you know you want to make sure that you come to the nba at the right time um i i think he would have been a top i think he should have been a top 15 pick um, I'm not saying that because he's European or anything. I think he's just talking about pure skill. He was one of the most skillful guys in the entire draft, especially at his size at six nine. And yeah, like he put Kachin is a definitely, definitely a guy next year who I'd be looking at a potential top ten pick if he continues to progress the way I think he will in Europe this season, this upcoming season. Now, another name that stands out to me is uh, Rokas Jakobaitis. Again, forgive me if I'm horrible with that name, but a good, but a you know taller point guard type player from Lithuania. You know, we had talked about a little bit about him maybe t- teaming up with the with the uh, Valanciunas, though that's not going to happen. But my point is, there's some a few intriguing second round picks, draft and stash type guys couple of names and why they could be intriguing in the NBA, even if it's not as stars, but at, as as contributing players that Grizzlies fans could really start to look out for over the coming days. So, with Jokobaitis, he's very, very Lithuanian players, uh, very smart, very rugged, just know the game inside out. Like, that's like the baseline. You saw it with Valentunas, right? Very smart guy. Knows how to play the game of basketball and is a very tough individual. So it's easy to fall in love with that type of player, right? Then when you get it in a point guard form, it makes even more sense. I think Jokubaitis is about three years away from being in NBA ready. Um, I'm not going to do the whole from Fraschilla two years from being two years away. Um, but I think he's about two to three years away from being in the NBA um, an interesting guy who I would um, maybe use a second round pick on. I wouldn't particularly use a 40th pick probably on him, um, but I, I think he's a guy who I'd keep an eye on at Barcelona because he's just he, he played in Jalgiris first. Jalgiris, for people who don't know, is the biggest Lithuanian club, so he's gone to Barcelona, which is one of the best, biggest four or five teams in the world, um, in Europe, sorry, I should say. Um, He's, he's interesting. I think he's one that you should definitely keep an eye on. A guy who, I, as a point guard, I quite like. Um, but still quite raw, still needs refining, which is why I said he needs a couple of years. But playing in Barcelona with that coaching staff, with the playing staff he has around him, Pau being there another year, Mirotic being there, other guys with NBA experience who know what the NBA scene is like. I, 
Jokubaitis is one that I'd give two to three years on, um, but a guy who I could see coming into the NBA um, in the future anyway. Just some fun names that are out there. And then, Alan, you know, obviously I know that, you know, you have good international knowledge. But just this draft in general, a couple of themes from it you're interested in see playing out. I know, like for us here, it's Grizzlies-centric. You have a Lakers-centric point of view. But just some fun things, some some names that – a few names maybe that you think are being highly underrated, a name or two that you think may be overrated, but just – what are you looking at when it comes to this draft that's really intriguing, a draft that has so many intriguing uh, narratives about it? I love Jaden Springer. Good he man. My, Good man. He Good is man. my sleeper of all. I, I don't get how he's being projected to go bottom of the first. I It's it's another Taylor Horton Tucker for me. I, I look at the skill at 18 years old. I know he needs time. But I really, really, really see a ton of potential there. Um, I know it's a Grizzlies podcast, Tennessee player. I know that was an easy one. It was a home run for oh, yeah. me there. Talk but, about but, him all. you got 50 minutes to talk about him. Go right ahead. But, but genuinely, I, I think his level of shooting is the thing that impresses me the most at such a young age. And I think on a team like L.A., um i'd love him at 22 um but also i i don't know i i, I don't i don't know how you feel about it i want to hear your opinion i don't get how he's been projected to go like 27 so am i missing something at yeah. 18 like at 18 years old he's got so much potential it makes no sense but i don't get it Just to make it short and sweet, he had an ankle injury last year at Tennessee, played for Rick Barnes, who is more going to help out the defensive upside of players, and it's going to be the offensive upside. And at the end of the day, there just isn't a lot of creativity when it came to the Vols offense. So the flashes that you saw, that, plus the fact that he's healthy now, he was always going to be projected to be a late riser, and now he's over Keon, who I absolutely love. But it was the ankle injury as well as not being in too friendly of an offensive setup college that kind of held him back a bit but I've absolutely seen it to where him and Cam Thomas from LSU they're now top 15 players when they were possible second rounders a month ago but you see I'm not that high on Cam Thomas yeah and see they're also highly variable players you'll talk to someone like you who sees him lottery you talk to someone like me who I see 15 to 20 and then you'll talk to somebody else who thinks he's not even in the top 35 it goes all around the way that's just the part of it with these young players it, no it's it's a beautiful thing to draft I, I'm just I don't know I think yeah another guy who I'm not really high on is Chris Duarte um only because his if you look at his numbers they've only really like popped in the last year or so and when we talk about guys with age and when we're looking at the college game, it's really, I wouldn't say it's easy, but when you're an experienced player, it's easy to beat up on 18-year-olds when you have the talent, like comparative talent, right, we're talking. Um, and I'm not saying that Duarte won't be a good player because I think he'll be a decent role player in the NBA, but to pick him like anywhere from 14 to 17, it seems like his range is at the moment. I don't I I wouldn't I wouldn't pick him at 22. I think he's a late first round beginning of second round type player. But if your team picks him, I understand why because there's that potential of him just being really good straight away and sometimes as a contender you need that. 
but I don't get why Washington would pick him. I don't get I sort of get why New York would pick him because I think New York's on this trajectory of being a really good playoff team. Um I understand why Golden State would pick him to an extent because they're they're still in championship mode. But I don't think that Golden State will be picking at number 14, but that's a different topic for a different day. Um Duarte is another one who I'm not super high on. Um Jaden Springer, I love, like I've mentioned. Um I'm just trying to think. I'm a huge Evan Mobley guy. I, I know we're talking top of the draft right now, and all these guys are really good. I, I legitimately believe Mobley could be the best player in this draft. Um, even though I'm super high on Cade Cunningham. Like, ridiculous. I think he's the second best prospect to come out of the draft since AD. Um, John Morant, since, oh, since John Morant? Third, I, f- I forgot about Zion, sorry. <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> but no, very, very talented. A very high floor with Cade as well. Yes. Like like the 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 uh the range of outcomes is super, super significant no matter where it is. He's either gonna be a really excellent player or he's gonna be a 15 time all-star. So either way, you're not losing out on obviously you want him to hit that ceiling, but like you said, the floor is so high that he'd still be a really excellent contributor to whatever team he's on. It's going to be a lot of fun. Alan, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, this will not be the last time we have you on. And as I mentioned, you know, I wish that we had all day to talk it because that's the beauty of the basketball offseason. You could spend all day talking about all the different teams. But once again, you do have some very fun podcasts coming up. And, and, and one more time, where folks can find your great work. First of all, thank you for inviting me on. I've really enjoyed this. Been a ton of fun. Pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Pleasure's all mine. You can find me at alanramic03. So that's A-L-E-N-R-A-M-I-C-0-3. I'm predominantly on the Laker side chats. Um, Blipton is my Marvel podcast. For you guys who can't see, because this is an audio podcast, I have a beautiful wall dedicated to all my Marvel stuff. Um, Huge fan. Um, the Direct Snap podcast will be coming out very soon once Apple verifies it. Please, Apple, this is like the 17th time I mentioned it on a podcast. Verify the Direct Snap podcast. Um, and yeah, the shout out to the, to the 19 Media Group, Jabari Davis, a lot of you will know from Dunks and Discourse. Um, a really, really great group of people. Um, I'm really blessed to be um, partnered up with them. Uh, and yeah, thank you, Sean, for allowing me this opportunity to come on. Like, you know, I love talking basketball. So this is a great, great, great joy for me. Same here, Alan. Absolute pleasure on my end as well. And me and Alan can sit here and talk uh, Marvel all day long. You may not be able to see the camera version of it, but you know the man is good when he's got Iron Man as well as Captain America pops, just like I do behind me. When we connect on that and on basketball, it's a good conversation to be had. <laughs> Alan, Thank you again so much, sir. No problem. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. For Alan Ramich, my name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to have talked with you. Don't forget, we've also got another podcast coming out today, breaking down every single perspective of the Grizzlies-Pelicans trade. A very exciting time when it comes to Grizzlies fans or NBA fans in general. Thanks again to Alan. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.